Welcome to the Soul Center Podcast. We are your co-hosts, Master Healer Ariella Halevi and Rabbi Dr. Baruch Halevi, Rabbi B, your healer and guide on the journey of life. In this podcast, we will explore all things spirituality, meaning, and healing, from Kabbalah and the healing of your soul to shamanic energy work and the healing of your past, from ancient wisdom traditions to guide your spirit to modern tools to live your life. The Soul Center Podcast will empower you on your journey to heal yourself, discover your soul purpose, and live a soul-centered life. And now, on to the podcast. discovered at Soul Centered is the profound healing that one can discover and uncover when going through loss. While no one invites loss into their lives, we have found that what you do with the loss is just as impactful as the loss itself. We have found personally and also professionally that when we choose meaning, healing, and purpose inside of the hardest times of our lives, we can discover deeper meaning realize a greater purpose and experience a very profound healing and, and transformation within the depths of our own darkness after the death of a loved one, but really after all kinds of loss. So here are some things that we've experienced that I personally have experienced on my own journey through grief. Um, I've experienced a lot of hope and a lot of empowerment. And we're going to talk today about how hope, healing, and empowerment can carry you through uh, darkness and a loss of all kinds and how to use your body as a tool to find greater meaning, purpose, and healing. Because really the body is the, is the thing that carries the grief. And so I'm excited. I love all of my guests. I choose them wisely and very carefully. Um, but my next guest I've known for, gosh, 16 years, I think. Um, Nancy, uh, Sheena Nancy Sarles. I've known her in many different forms. So Sheena Nancy Sarles is not only my dear friend, my yoga guru, but also she's the heal. She's a healer of the body and the heart. She has found tremendous purpose and healing in her own losses and has transformed these losses into teaching others about how to heal through the body and through the chakras. Uh, Sheena is a lifelong student of well-being, a certified yoga teacher, and a worldwide presenter of her created and curated yoga for living with loss. The losses of her parents, sister, and best friend led her to integrate her yoga practice with her grief. From grief workshops in writing and loss, it became apparent that while grief breaks our hearts and clouds our thoughts, it also congests in our bodies. She deeply understands that grief is not healed. We learn to live with our grief. Sheena created yoga for living with loss using the foundation of the chakras, energy centers that provide information about our bodies to bring yoga to the bereaved. She continues to study with many teachers internationally to study the healing healing relationships of our bodies, minds, and spirits. She has been a teacher, a communications and fundraising professional, and she's the author of Growing Younger Gracefully, Your Guide to Aging with Vitality, 
Resilience, and Pizzazz. And she's the creator of GYG Organic Facial and Body Serums. She teaches internationally and has been published in a variety of publications. She spends her time in Marblehead, Massachusetts. And we're gonna um, have you later on, you can tell us your website and anything you're working on. But welcome, Sheena. Well, thank you so much, Ariella. It's so I'm um, honored to be here. Thank Lovely you. introduction. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and I feel like um, over the years, we've had many conversations. And this is just going to be another one of those conversations because we connect so deeply on not only, I mean, really how we met was through yoga and through our synagogue, but um, the movement of body and the importance of the chakras inside of the body and how we just move through everything that happens to us is inside of our body. So I was wondering if first you could just tell me a little bit about your story, like how you came to this and um, how you got through your own losses. Great. Um, it all happened very organically. I was in a whole different world. I had just begun to study yoga when my father passed away, which was quite devastating, the, the first loss in our nuclear family. And my very brief exposure to yoga helped me, helped me through that, that, that terrific grief of, oh, I guess I can breathe and I'll still be here. And then I continued to study yoga. And then um, a few, six years later, my mother passed away. And again, I was deeper into my yoga practice and I found, wow, this is, this is helping me. Instead of just being in my grief in this congested small way, I could open up, I could move, I could breathe. And while it didn't change my grief, and my deep loss, it gave me various tools for navigating it. Then in 2015 was the big one. My husband went through very uh, major heart surgery, which he's fine now, thank you. Uh, then my best friend of 41 years died of glioblastoma. Three months after that, my big sister, my mentor, my guide, my other self died of uh, lung cancer. This was incredibly devastating and I was bereft. I was so, so congested and so, so sad. And again, I continued my yoga practice and cried through every, every my teacher training and just the tears would flow, but I kept moving. And that to me was an aha moment like, wow, I, everything has stopped and yet I can move through it. Then I went to a grief writing workshop and it was really interesting. And of course, most grief therapy is talking or writing. And I noticed everyone was very congested, just pulled right in. So the yoga teacher in me said, well, can we just like pull up? Can we just like open a little, take a breath? And everyone went, ah. Oh. And then I was asked to teach yoga for healing loss. And I said, we don't heal from loss. We learn to live with it. And so from that, I began to share with people in the grieving process on this journey, how we can move through it. That, and I, my tagline is, how do we navigate our losses without getting lost? Because that's exactly how we feel. We're lost. What are we holding on to? How could this be? 
And having being a student of yoga, the chakras, which are these seven major energy wheels that impact our physical, emotional, intellectual, spiritual, hormonal, all these bodies seem to be an appropriate container to give people and to give myself what we need to move one step ahead. And what I like to think about is maybe we not only, we not only survive, but we thrive. So how do we get that way? And in the mind-body connection has been studied. There's a lot of data, a lot of metrics that what we think totally affects how we feel. And so by going through the chakras, people get tools to say, oh, this is why this is happening. In my root chakra, my legs hurt, my knees hurt. My lower back hurts. I I feel abandoned. I don't have my security. So we do movements and breath and meditation to open that up. And just the awareness can allow people to decongest because we all pull in in our grief because we're vulnerable, we're hurt. And it isn't a loss that happened yesterday or last week. This can be a loss of 25 years ago. It doesn't go away. It's still a loss. It cha- what we like to say is the relationship with the departed doesn't end. It only changes. So through the chakras, we can find information. And from the information, we can find the tools for not necessarily healing, but the awareness to move forward. So that's how it came to be. And now that this my big losses are six years past it changes but it doesn't end and so i learn every day how can i navigate through this today i want to pick up the phone i miss my buddy i miss my sister i want my mom and dad so it it's a constant process of of uh, being aware and being present and sharing that. And many people who have come to my classes say, well, I never talk about it anymore. Nobody wants to hear about it. And it hasn't gone away mm-hmm. so that it becomes more internal. And then what happens if we don't take care of that, it becomes a physical ailment. Right. So we want to we want to open it up. I mean, the, the basic yoga life is about breath. So it's a lot of really deep breathing, really aware breathing, really present breathing, because truly in life and particularly in the grieving process, all we have is now. And I love Deepak Chopra says, there is now and everything else is in your imagination. Our worries, our regrets. So in the grieving process, there's a lot of worry. There's a lot of regret. How do we stay present? So we go through the chakras. The second chakra is about water and connection and movement. We've lost connection. So we do yoga, very gentle yoga to open up that area, to open up that lower belly. Then we move up into the fire of the the third chakra. We lose our motivation. We lose our self-esteem. How do we open that up? And we do it through breath, through meditation, through very specific yoga, gentle yoga poses. And we keep moving up the heart chakra. This is where the center, we have heartache, heartbreak, there's broken heart syndrome. Once we're aware of it, it takes away the, the, the stiffness. We get a crack. We get to open it up. And then we keep moving the throat chakras about our communication, speaking about our loved ones. 
Then we get to our sixth chakra, our intuition, our insight. How, how can we move forward? And then of course our seventh chakra is our enlightenment, our wisdom, our divine connection. So when things come up for people in the grieving process, like, you know, my neck is stiff, what do you need to say? Do you need to speak about your loved ones? I mean, so many people will not talk to me about my losses because they'll think that'll make me feel bad. Like I forgot. Right. It's always there. And really, I mean, I love that in the Jewish religion, we name our children, our grandchildren after those who have passed to keep that spirit, that energy, that name alive. So yoga for living with loss is about acknowledging that it's hard and also acknowledging there are tools mm -hmm. and there is a community and there is help like me and other people as you go through this grieving journey there there you're not alone and and i like to always remind people that while grief is universal we all have loss our own is very much our own. No one knows exactly how we feel right now and what, what the depth of our grief is, what we miss. Wow. So Yoga for Living with Loss is my, my goal is to share what has worked for me. Here are the tools, the breath, the meditation, the movements, the acknowledgement, the presence and the awareness that helps us just put one foot in front of the other, one breath after the other. Mm -hmm. and that's where we are that's beautiful thank you first of all for sharing your story and 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 doing such a beautiful job of, of explaining how the chakras work in terms of your like you're right every grief every every loss is very specific and but and the i think what i'm hearing you're, you saying is that the goal is to really understand your body right? Like you can't go through grief. I mean, you can, but the, the ones that the people that go through grief from their head, like if you negate the body and just think of it as like a mind thing, grief belongs in the body. Grief, grief affects every center of the body. So actually it's an opportunity to find a greater relationship with your body. Would you say that that's, I mean, is that what you found? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's not, so you're not disassociating. There's grief on the right and my body on the left. Right. It, it's all together. And that's what the breath does. And that's what the gentle yoga does. So what would you say um, to somebody who's lost some, uh, you know, a person that they've loved and they feel like no matter what they do, they can't breathe. They can't, they've tried everything, but they literally can't find, you know, when you get into this place, whether it's anxiety or it's that hardcore grief and you cannot find your breath, how do you handle, I'm sure you've, you've taught so many people, what do you do in that situation? So the work is hard. We have to make a commitment to, to going, when you go around it, you never quite grasp what you need to do. So grief is you got to get through it, get in the, get deep, deep into it. So you can come to the other side with some perspective. And as far as the breath, there's lots of breathing techniques. We just have to practice. You have to practice breathing. That's when we close our eyes, we take a deep inhale, we take a deep exhale. And that's where we focus on that, just that breath. There's no wrong way 
It's just being present. And I love the idea. There's um, um, a, a Buddhist teacher that I've studied with and he goes, we breathe, then we get distracted. So we're aware that we're distracted and then we return. So it's this circle of presence, awareness and return. So we're all breathing all the time. So everyone can breathe. It's about going deep within and really feeling that breath, that inhale and that exhale, trying different ways. So it's, it, it is a practice, just like, just like everything else. It's a practice. Yeah. It's amazing because you would think that the breath is not a practice. The breath is something that you do naturally, but when you are in that deep grief and you notice how you lose your breath, because that's usually when you think about the, that initial loss, we feel that stress, that, that shock. And the first thing to go is we stop, we realize, I think for me, when I lost my mom, it was this recognition that, wow, I've been breathing this way my whole life. And I have this intense grief and I I'm cognizant finally of like, I'm not breathing. And so it is this, this deep awareness that we have to practice breathing. It's an interesting, it's an interesting phrase. You have to practice breathing when we're just so used to breathing. Well, the other thing is that you can only have one thought in your mind at a time. Mm -hmm. So when you're thinking about inhaling and breathing, you're not into your worry or your regret. I like that. So that's how people can come back to the breath when they've lost it. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's our heartbreak. Our lungs are totally affected by that chakra. We, I mean, have you ever seen anybody open-hearted who's in grief? No, we protect it. Right. So how do we breathe through it? How do we just focus and breathe? So I don't know if that answers your question, but the breath, the breath is always with us. It's our opportunity to be more aware of it. A hundred percent. So I, um, I was thinking about myself when I went through like that deep grief about three years ago. And what's interesting, and maybe you can talk about this is, um, if you allow grief to be present, it can, it really has its own journey. So if you, in, if you, if you're understanding, like, this is, this is my grief time, like probably a year or, you know, 25 years, depending on your grief, that this is the time where you allow that journey of grief to take. I almost thought of it as like, my grief is in charge and my body is going to follow the grief. <laughs> so I would be pulling over at supermarkets. I'd have to leave the basket and walk outside and sob my eyes out. I'd have to pull over on the side of the road. And I just allowed myself this time to say that wherever my grief is leading me, I will let, I will let my body go. So do you teach that at all in your yoga practice of like allowing the journey to take you with where it needs to go? Well, we really have no choice. Yeah, <laughs> it's, <totally true. laughs> it's there. Um, yeah, I mean, you are a yogi and you are a very thoughtful and spiritual person. So you knew to leave the basket and go out and cry. But there's those people think there's something wrong with me. Why well, I can't stop crying and my mother died a year ago and I should be fine and nobody wants to hear about it. But being aware of your own grief allows you the space to be on that journey. I always tell people when they're in their grieving process to not be so hard on yourself. There, there's a, that's a, a heart chakra. How about some self-compassion? It's hard. 
It's give yourself some space. You don't want to live there, but you don't want to not visit. Right. You have to go through the process to get to the other side. And so when we push it away, you know, I'm full of little trite sayings, but what you resist persists. So as long as you push away your grief, it's going to surround you. When you dive into it and allow it, then you get to process it. And we also talk about you don't grieve deeply unless you love deeply. And what a gift right. to have loved and been loved deeply. Right. So that's part of who you are. And I see grief as another thread in the tapestry of who you are. Mm -hmm. It doesn't stop. It continues and it grows and, and then we do with it what we can. Do we, we tell stories to our children and our grandchildren about those that have passed. We, we live in our grief and we try to find the joy in it. What were the beautiful times? I always ask people to, at the end of a practice is to visualize the face of their beloved and send them a message of gratitude. How lucky, how lucky we are to have had that kind of relationship in our lives. And so I, I do believe that gratitude is part of the practice of grief. And people might say, what? I'm not grateful this, this person died. I love them. Right. However, there is deep gratitude within deep love. I always find that, that the grief process, if you really allow what you're saying, like really allow yourself to feel it and go through it and let your body go through it is transformative right? You're not going to get out of, well, we never get out of grief, but you're not going to go through grief and be the same person that you were. So how, how, I mean, I've seen that in my own self and the clients that I work with, how do you think it transformed you? And how do you think that grief can transform somebody? Well, I think it awakens a, the compassion because people can say things to you that sound so absurd, like, oh, do you have other siblings? Do you have other children? How old was your mother? And you just say, well, that's not the point. But then you get to have compassion. They don't know. Aren't they lucky? So I have developed more compassion. I used to think when someone said they lost their sister, I used to think, oh, that's too bad. Now I'm heartbroken for them because I know what that's like. So it, it has opened up my heart to more grief but more joy mm -hmm. that that's for me. Um, and, and this continuum, it doesn't stop. Mm -hmm. That's what I find so fascinating is, you know, we give ourselves seven days of Shiva and then a year of grief. It's not on a timeline. Right. It's not at all on a timeline. And the, the being kind to yourself is very, the most important thing. Absolutely. Give yourself the space to be sad Give yourself the space to be compassionate to yourself and to others. Absolutely. I also like what you said um, in the beginning, we were, you were saying that, you know, the relationship doesn't die because the body dies and the relationship continues with that person that you lost. So how there's, well, there's a phrase in the grief world, it's called continuing bonds. And it's very similar to what you're talking about. It's that, you know, we used to say like, your person's die, your person died, their body is not here and they're gone. And now I think we're become, I mean, at least in the healing world and the world that you and I are in, there's this, there's this idea coming on board. I think that actually, yes, the physical body is not here, 
but the relationship very is very much alive and no, sometimes that doesn't help when you just want to touch that person and you just want to call your mom and you just want to reach out to your sister. Of course, that doesn't like make us feel better all the time, but there, but I'm curious if you could talk about if, uh, this relationship with these, with your loved ones after they die and how that's been for you and what you've seen in your own work. So what I've seen, I, I hearken back to the same phrase of gratitude that, um, that the people that I've lost show, shine the light for me on the way forward. So I, I have deep gratitude for that. I have lots of pictures around of my, my parents, my sister, my best friends. I make up stories for my grandchildren to incorporate. I love them to say Grandma Dorothy or Papa Seymour so I can hear my parents' names from my grandchildren's voices. So I'm not sure if I'm answering your question, but it's we keep going in a way that nourishes us. We're trying to find our balance all the time whether we're balancing our chakras or driving down the highway, we're always looking for the balance. So with the grief comes the balance of the joy. And so uh, that, that's where I think we go when we're really lonely for these people, we sit with it. How would they want us to be? It's a meditation that I do a lot that I just say, what do I need to hear? Mm -hmm. And there can be there can be messages if if you're of that thought and that belief, but I do feel that there is an energy that we can pull in, and and if it's only one sided, so what? <laughs> really, if we can have joy from thoughts and memories, I mean, sweet memories. What are those? It's just the relationship, mm -hmm. the, the nectar of those relationships. But I think, and I've already said this, but you can only grieve deeply if you love deeply. Mm -hmm. And I think people forget that. They just think, why me? Why did I have this loss? Well, why did I have this sister? Why did I have this best friend? Right. I, I had a teacher who said to me, aren't you so lucky to have you have had those two women in your life? Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's my guidepost. And it's just my glass gets half full instead of half empty. Right. Right. Um, I think also with the, the idea that the relationship doesn't end is this, you know, that our bodies speak this grief, right? Our bodies come, like you said, if, 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 if it's not processed out, it just gets stuck inside of us. And so part of what I've seen and see in my practice with clients is that not only does the body continue the relationship with the loved one, because your body remembers those memories. We have that cellular remem remembering, and we also have the, the intense, I think a lot of us has this intense desire to continue that relationship in some way. So for me, I found that yoga was a way to like being in child's pose being in that child's post for me was like an every single day thing where I could come into myself, you know, cause it's so, you're so curled into yourself and I could literally talk to my mom and I had to do, I remember for like one year, every single day, it was this conversation between my mom and I continuing the relationship in child's pose. And that form of being my body needed to be curled up so I could I could block out everything else going on in my life. Um, so I think it is, I think there's so many ways to continue the relationship with our loved one. I don't know and if you found that. 
I have. And that's what the yoga for living with loss brings in. When you feel that um, loss of connection, we move through that second chakra. When we feel heartbroken, we open our hearts. When we want to speak, when we have a throat congestion, I have a weakness in my throat. I know that's where it always goes. So chanting or whatever, doing whatever I can about sound and vibration and the insight. So the yoga gets to open us up to explore the different opportunities in our body, what's congested. And it gives people an association, like when something is off, instead of uh, just sloughing it off, you go, oh, well, this might mean that I need to be more open and aligned in this way. Have I spoken the truth? And then every chakra presents a shadow side. So we work through the shadow side of grief. It's fear in our first chakra. It's shame. It's guilt. It's grief. It's lying. Mm -hmm. It's um, hallucinations. Mm -hmm. So if I'm experiencing this, it can relate back to a chakra. Well, then I need to do some kind of breath and movement around that because that will help me move through it. So the yoga, which I just love is life changing for me is we can breathe it and we can move it Mm -hmm. and we can challenge ourselves and we can comfort ourselves. And I think that's the beauty of it. Where do we find the self comfort? Because in the grieving process, we're looking for somebody to help. Mm -hmm. Who can help me? Who can, what, what can I hold on to? And sometimes what we need to do is go inside and help ourselves. And that's to me what the breath and the yoga and the meditation does. And that's what I hope that I can offer through the living with loss is your own tools. Right. That's so beautiful. It's like, you know, I always say you are your own healer and it is, it is true that those, what you're telling us is like, take the tools inside. They're already there for you. They're already inside of you. We just have to maybe find the teacher, find the the person to help us open it. But all of that wisdom is deep inside. So just a little bit like shifting towards the end. And and I'm just going to say this. You and I have had conversations off, off podcast recently about just loss and changes and being really gratitude, like really grateful for the for the blessings of just the breath of being alive. We have, we know, you know, some people that, that don't have that right now or, or are living differently. And, um, I wish I, I would love to just have you talk about what are your personal tools for remembering the beauty of life, you know, with all of the losses you've had and also all, all the changes in our lives, just with what we're all living through. What do you do every day that helps you remember that you are alive? Well, I think with the personal chaos, the universal chaos in our lives, for me, it's head on the pillow first thing in the morning, head on the pillow last thing at night. What are three things I'm grateful for? And it could be as small as I'm grateful I had a nice dinner, or I'm grateful that everyone I love is happy and healthy and safe. But you know, we can get into the whole neuroplasticity and all that stuff. But when you give yourself positive thoughts, you have these positive neuropeptides in your body. So uh, becomes what I do is, is find the joy in the smallest thing and or the biggest. I mean, we don't need the big parade. Sometimes I just want to wear my mother's earrings. And that's all, that's all I need. 
So it's about taking the responsibility and the privilege of remembering the joy of these relationships. We will always have the loss and the grief. Right. So what we want to do is find how do we navigate, as I say, how do we navigate through it that will nourish us and give us balance? And sometimes we just need to be still and cry. Right. And I always say to people, you know, we can laugh and no one says a word. And if you cry, they're like, ah, here's tissues. Don't cry. It's your body releasing. Mm -hmm. It's I mean, I think it's so interesting. The chemistry of your tears is different from perspiring and crying and getting something in your eye. Right. We have to express ourselves because if we don't, we congest. And the whole idea of yoga for living with loss is to decongest the grief that can sit and fester. Where is it? How do I be aware of it? How do I move it? And we're just going for the balance. So that's that's what I do. That's beautiful. So um, let us know how to find you and and just if you want to talk about anything else you're doing or any way, any new projects, new ideas, anything that you're offering. So I do uh, a live Zoom class every Tuesday night and you can find me on my website, which is www.growingyoungergracefully.com. Um, and then the program is Yoga for Living with Loss. I've also created a seven part, one for each chakra video series of 45 minute classes that address each chakra and how to navigate your grief very centered on that chakra. And that's available also through my website. And I have workshops and right now I'm in the process of writing a book that really brings in all of this because I, I study it all the time and I'm living it all the time. So I welcome people to come to my website, sign up for my newsletter. Uh, the program is called Yoga for Living with Loss. The website is growingyoungergracefully.com. Great, beautiful. I can be found. I'm not hiding. <laughs> That's good. That's great. Well, thank you so much, Sheena. It was so wonderful having you on our podcast. Thank you, Ariella. It's lovely to talk with you. Thank you. So just in closing, I want to remind you that if you are longing to have a community of people who really see, hear, and understand the challenges that you are going through in this very chaotic and also really uplifting time that we're in, so maybe the healing circle is for you. So together with myself and your community, your healing circle community, you're going to receive on this Zoom call a powerful guided healing you're going to be able to access the wisdom of your guides, ancestors, and spirit, and return to your emotional and energetic center. And so I hope you join me. Our first monthly gathering is November 1st, 6 p.m. Mountain Time. And we will meet every month, the first Monday of every month. So you can check that out on our website, www.mysoulcenter.org. Thank you so much, Sheena, for being here today. And we wish everybody a heartfelt namaste. Namaste, Ariella. Thank you. Namaste. You've been listening to the Soul Center Podcast with your hosts, Ariella and Baruch Halevi. If you'd like to learn more about Soul Center, please visit mysoulcenter.org. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at mysoulcenter. And if you found meaning and inspiration in this podcast, we'd love for you to leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcast. We'd also love to hear from you to connect with you. So please reach out to us. And until then, we wish you Shalom, Salam, Namaste. Amen.